Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I hope and trust that you are all well. Before I get started, I would like to give a very special shout out to the reformed members of Back to Ashes. Tavia S., Mana Ash, Norman D.W., Christy Elias, Tina Mead, Cindy Cleveland, Patty's Niece, Samantha Place, and Interscare Wifey. The rest of the Back to Ashes membership family can be seen right here on the screen. If you like what you are hearing, please give a like and comment below. And if you're not subscribed, please go ahead and do so. Make sure to set the bell to all, that way you know every time I upload. Also, if you like what you're hearing and would like to support a content creator such as myself, you can buy me a coffee. That link can be found in the description box below. If you would like to join the Back to Ashes membership family, that link is also in the description below. Perks include early releases on videos, videos in their uncensored format, extra videos on the weekend, plus much more. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For when we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in to get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled Unsolved Mysteries, Volume 8. Right after this intro, an ad will play. I'll read the first case, an ad will play. And after that, there will be no more ads within this video. Margaret Abbott, murder of a 56-year-old woman whose body was found on a dead-end street, remains unsolved. Margaret Abbott was 56 years old when she was murdered. Her body was found on a dead-end street in Shreveport, Louisiana, more than 10 years ago, and the person responsible for her death has yet to be brought to justice. At around 1 a.m. on November 24, 2008, the Shreveport Police Department received a 911 call about a shooting on West Canal Boulevard near Miller Automotive. The Times reported that a resident in the area told dispatch that when they heard gunshots, they looked out of their window and saw a woman lying on the ground next to a utility pole. The woman was identified as Abbott, and she was pronounced dead at the scene, which was less than two miles away from where she lived on Brent Drive. Abbott was shot five times once in the back of the head and four times in her back, according to KSLA. At around 5 a.m. that same morning, a detective went to her daughter's home, showed her a photo of Abbott, and told her that she had been shot. It was reported that Abbott, who was diagnosed with schizophrenia, had left her home and was unable to find her way back. She was last seen on a surveillance camera at a liquor and convenience store on Hollywood Avenue in Jula. Relatives are stunned as they told the media that she had never walked that far before. The video showed Abbott leaving the store and walking toward Southern Classic before she was later gunned down. Abbott's daughter was left wondering why someone would want to shoot her mother. She said, quote, They took advantage of her mind being bad and did whatever, and even so, she couldn't harm them. That was just wrong. End quote. The victim had 11 great-grandchildren, but had only met two of them. If she had, she would have likely covered them in kisses and called them sweetheart. It was one of the things she loved to do to her loved ones, according to her relatives, who are all still seeking justice for her murder. They are hopeful that someone will someday come forward. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Margaret Abbott is encouraged to contact 
Caddo Parish Crime Stoppers at 318-673-7373. Michael Lee Edwards, murder of a 27-year-old police officer whose body was found in an abandoned building remains unsolved. Michael Lee Edwards was 27 years old when he was abducted and murdered after leaving the police academy. His body was later found inside an abandoned, burned-out apartment building in south-central Los Angeles, California. Edwards was a police officer with the Los Angeles Police Department, but he was off-duty at the time of his death. On May 10, 1974, Edwards went to the, quote, police academy bar to celebrate with fellow officers. He was about to go on vacation following a stint with the LAPD anti-gang unit, Crash, end quote, according to ABC7. At around 10.30 p.m., he told other officers that he had to leave because he was going on a date with a woman in Long Beach. Edwards left the police academy and was never seen alive again. At around 9 a.m. the following day, Edwards was found dead. Two teenage boys, who were on their way home from the grocery store, spotted a body inside an abandoned apartment building at 120 West 89th Street and immediately alerted police. Investigators said Edwards had been dead for several hours before he was found with his hands handcuffed behind his back and his shirt pulled over his face. An autopsy revealed that Edwards had been shot several times in the back of the head, and his gun, a 38 caliber Smith & Wesson airweight, along with his cash, were missing. Fifteen hours after Edwards' body was found, police officials received a call from a resident in the area of 186th Street and New Hampshire Avenue about an abandoned vehicle. It matched the description of Edwards' car, which had been reported missing as well. When they arrived on the scene, they verified that the car, a 1972 gold Pinto station wagon, belonged to Edwards. The vehicle was found about 10 miles from where his body was located, was impounded, and handed over to the forensics investigation team. Investigators discovered that the keys were still in the ignition, and a handkerchief containing fingerprints was found inside the car. When the fingerprints were run through the database, investigators ascertained that they did not belong to anyone in the system. Meanwhile, Los Angeles police officers continued their investigation, questioning several residents in the area. A woman who lives near the abandoned building where Edward's body was found told police in 1974 that she, quote, heard gunshots between midnight and 1 a.m., but she didn't immediately notify police until after her sons found the body, end quote, according to the Vallejo Times-Herald. Another resident claimed to have heard gunshots as well, but no one saw anything unusual that day. Detective Darren Dupree with the LAPD Robbery and Homicide Division said, quote, It was turbulent times. Officers had to be careful. There were a lot of threats against the police department, end quote. Edwards joined the force in September 1969. He was married with two children at the time of his death, but they were separated. Officials said he was in another relationship with a woman who has opted to remain anonymous for safety reasons. More than four decades have passed and no arrests have been made in connection with Edwards' abduction and murder. 
His case remains unsolved. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Officer Michael Lee Edwards is encouraged to contact the LAPD Robbery and Homicide Division at 213-486-6830. To remain anonymous, call Crime Stoppers at 800-222-TIPS or 8477. Or you can report tips online at www.lacrimestoppers.com. Glenn Smith, murder of a 26-year-old man whose body was found in the Hudson River, remains unsolved. Glenn Smith was 26 years old when he was murdered. His body was found in a river, Beacon, New York, and despite the efforts of local authorities, the person responsible for his death has yet to be brought to justice. On January 23, 1969, Smith was seen at the Three Roses Bar in Harlem, clad in quote, purple corduroy pants, black shoes, a beige shirt, and a blue leather jacket, end quote, according to the New York State Police. That was the last time he was seen alive. Nearly three months later, on April 20th, 1969, Glenn Smith was found dead in the Hudson River. Information about the cause of death is unavailable, as are the circumstances leading up to his disappearance. However, Detectives are supposedly investigating Smith's death as a homicide. It was reported that shortly before his death, Smith moved to New York City from Savannah, Georgia, where, quote, he was possibly involved in the drug trade at both locations, end quote. He was born on January 16, 1943, had black hair and brown eyes, weighed 175 pounds, and stood 5 foot 8 inches tall. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Glenn Smith is encouraged to contact the New York State Police at 845-298-0952 or send an email to nysbicap at troopers.ny.gov. Esco Hunter, murder of a 27-year-old man whose body was found near railroad tracks, remains unsolved. Esco Hunter was 27 years old when he was murdered. His body was discovered near railroad tracks in Sarasota County, Florida, more than 20 years ago. And despite the efforts of local authorities, the person responsible for his death has yet to be brought to justice. Hunter was from the Miami area, but he often went to nightclubs in Sarasota as he was involved in the rap industry. He went by the name Lalo. He also used several aliases, including Jeffrey Scott, Eric Judson, and Aaron Jackson. It was reported that he was the owner of two vehicles, a maroon 1999 Ford van and a white 1992 Ford Mustang convertible. On December 1, 1999, his van was discovered torched on a dead-end street on Orange Avenue, which is near Myrtle Street, according to the Brandonton Herald. Investigators said the vehicle was deliberately set on fire. And not far from there, Esco Hunter's body was found in a wooded area, abutting railroad tracks at Central Avenue and 44th Street. 
Although the medical examiner's office ruled the manner of Esco Hunter's death a homicide, information about the cause of death is unavailable. At the time of his death, Hunter was six feet tall and weighed 160 pounds. He had black hair and brown eyes, and he had the letters S-C-O tattooed on his left shoulder. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Esco Hunter is encouraged to contact the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office Criminal Investigations at 941-861-4900. To remain anonymous, call Crime Stoppers at 941-366-TIPS. Samantha Zeze, drive-by shooting that killed a 12-year-old girl remains unsolved. Samantha Zeze was 12 years old when she was murdered in a drive-by shooting at her home in Tulsa, Oklahoma, more than two decades ago, and her case remains unsolved. Shortly after 2 a.m. on October 28, 1997, Samantha and her relatives were asleep when a vehicle drove by their home in the 5200 block of North Kenosha Avenue and opened fire. An occupant of the vehicle shot at least 13 rounds from an assault rifle before speeding off, according to the Sepulpa Daily Herald. Samantha was shot in the head and had to undergo surgery. Her then 39-year-old mother was shot in the leg and was listed in fair condition at an area hospital. Two days later, at 8.45 a.m. on October 30, 1997, Samantha was pronounced dead at St. Francis Hospital. Investigators stated the sixth grader was not the intended target. They believed the gunman was a gang member who wanted to kill her brother, who was no longer living in the home. An officer stated that, quote, Investigators believe that the gunman shot up the house with no regard for who was in it, end quote. There were eight people in the home at the time of the shooting. On the day of the incident, Tulsa police officials arrested a 27-year-old man after a teenage witness identified him as the drive-by shooter. He was charged with first-degree murder and shootings with the intent to kill, along with a slew of other charges. Four months later, the suspect was released from jail after posting $132,500 bail money. His charges were dropped in December of 1998 after police officials said the witness wasn't credible because he gave various accounts of what happened during the shooting, the Daily Oklahoman reported. A defense attorney stated that had the case gone to trial, his client had two alibi witnesses who could prove he was miles away when the shooting occurred. According to Find a Grave, Samantha was buried at the Floral Haven Memorial Gardens in Tulsa County, Oklahoma. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Samantha Zeze is encouraged to contact the Tulsa Police Department Cold Case Unit via email tpd cold case homicide at cityoftulsa.org. Betty Joyce Brown, murder of a 27-year-old woman whose charred remains were found in a wooded area remains unsolved. 
Betty Joyce Brown, also known by her married name, Betty Simmons, was 29 years old when she was found dead in a wooded area in South Knox County, Tennessee. The coroner ruled her death a homicide, but more than three decades have passed and her killer is still at large. On July 13, 1985, Brown was busy moving into her new apartment on Tarleton Avenue when she decided to go to a grocery store nearby, but after buying a hot dog, she vanished. Seven days later, the mother of three was found dead. According to the Knoxville News Centennial, on the afternoon of July 20, 1985, a resident was walking to his mailbox when he noticed a foul odor. When he searched the wooded area near his driveway, located off Maloney Road, he found the charred body of a female laying on the top of a bed of charcoal. Before finding her body, the resident told detectives that he had found bloodstains and a pair of undergarments in his driveway nearly a week earlier. Four days later, the body was identified through dental records as that of Brown, who died from a stab wound to the chest. An autopsy showed that Brown had been deceased for about a week before she was found. It was reported that the Austin East High School graduate was stabbed with a five-inch knife before she was set on fire. The Knox County Chief of Detectives stated that Brown had, quote, a long arrest record for prostitution, drugs, larceny, etc., end quote. She would often work as a prostitute on Magnolia Avenue, which led investigators to believe that she may have accepted a ride from someone she didn't know. Investigators said she may have been killed somewhere in the area between midnight and 1 a.m. on July 14, 1985, before the perpetrator obscured her body in the woods. One of Brown's relatives told the media in 1985 that, quote, even though she was a prostitute, she didn't deserve to die like that. She did what she had to do to make a living, but she never did anybody any harm, end quote. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Betty Joyce Brown is encouraged to contact the Knox County Sheriff's Office Cold Case Unit at 865-215-3520 or 865-215-3590. William H. Sears, murder of a 46-year-old man whose body was found in the trunk of his car remains unsolved. William H. Sears was 46 years old when he was murdered. His body was found in the trunk of his vehicle, which had been parked in a residential neighborhood in Clearwater, Florida. Despite the efforts of local authorities, the person responsible for his death has yet to be brought to justice. On July 20, 1989, Police officers with the Clear County Police Department were dispatched to Downing Street and Bayshore Boulevard after receiving a call about a suspicious vehicle with a Tennessee license plate. It had been parked at that location for, quote, several days, end quote, according to the Tampa Tribune. Officers arrived on the scene and noticed a strong odor emanating from the trunk of the car, where they also saw dripping blood. When they opened the trunk, a body was inside. The body was positively identified as that of Sears through finger and dental records, which were supplied by the U.S. Air Force. 
An autopsy performed by the Pinellas County Medical Examiner's Office showed that Sears died from a single gunshot wound to the upper torso area. The exact time of his death is unknown. According to the Tampa Bay Times, Sears may have been from the Atlanta area, as that was his last known address. But for several years, he resided in the Tampa Bay area, quote, living out of his car and motels, end quote. He also lived in California, Tennessee, and Texas, where he lived out of his vehicle or stayed in a motel. Although detectives have interviewed several suspects, no arrests have been made. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of William H. Sears is encouraged to contact the Clearwater Police Hotline at 727-562-4080 or send an email to tips.tips at myclearwater.com. Valerie Pride, murders of a 33-year-old woman and her two children, Shantia and Dewana, remains unsolved. Valerie Pride and her two children, Shantia and Dewana, were murdered inside their home in Phoenix, Arizona, more than 35 years ago. At around 9 p.m. on September 6, 1983, Valerie, 24, was at her Spanish-style home in the 1500 block of East Ardmore talking on the phone with a friend when she heard a knock. Valerie told her friend that she was going to hang up the phone so that she could answer the door. A short while later, a neighbor heard a commotion that sounded like an argument or a fight, but they did not see anyone leave or enter the house, according to the Arizona Republic. Approximately 15 minutes later, Valerie's boyfriend arrived home from the hospital, where his nine-year-old daughter had been pronounced dead six hours earlier. She drowned after having an epileptic seizure while taking a bath at her house, located in the 500 block of West Desert Drive. Upon entering the house, he began to scream. The neighbor heard his screams and immediately called 911. When officers arrived on the scene, they found Valerie Pride and her two daughters dead. Shantia, eight, who attended Syria Vista Grade School, and her four-year-old sister, Duana, were clad in their pajamas when their bodies were found in the living room area of the home. Valerie was found in the kitchen. According to United Press International, the girl's biological father arrived on the scene at 11 p.m. and had to be, quote, restrained in handcuffs after becoming hysterical, end quote. An autopsy revealed that each member of the Pride family had been stabbed multiple times and that one of the girls' bodies had been mutilated during the attack, according to a report. They were not sexually assaulted. Following a police investigation, it was determined that Valerie may have known her assailant, as there was no sign of forced entry. They also concluded that after the killing, the suspect fled the scene through the back door and jumped over a wooden fence leaving a trail of blood behind. Two years later, a knife was located in a neighbor's yard, but police could not determine if that was the weapon used in the killing. They have yet to find the murder weapon or a motive. The motive for the killing is unknown, but investigators have stated that it did not appear to be a robbery. 
According to a police spokesperson, the police department has heard rumors that there may have been, quote, some revenge aspect to it against Valerie's boyfriend, end quote. A little less than a month after the slaying, police took into custody a 14-year-old high school student who was a relative of Valerie's boyfriend's daughter. He was detained at the Maricopa County Juvenile Detention Center for questioning, but no other information has been provided since then. At the time of her death, Valerie was the first black female electrician working at the Palo Verde nuclear plant, which was a, quote, remarkable accomplishment for her at that time, end quote, said the Arizona police sergeant. She attended South Mountain High School and Arizona State University and was in the last year of a four-year apprentice program co-sponsored by Local 640. KTAR News reported that Valerie had, quote, five sisters and one brother, and she loved to rollerblade and spend time with her friends and kids, end quote. The following year, in April, detectives continued their investigation, canvassing the neighborhood and questioning friends and relatives of the victims, but they have yet to find a suspect. Anyone with information about the unsolved murders of Valerie Pride and her two daughters, Shantia and Duana, is asked to call the silent witness at 480-948-6377 or 1-800-343-TIPS. Ralph and Shivani Mitchell, murder of a married couple whose bodies were found inside their home, remains unsolved. Ralph and Shivani Mitchell were a newly married couple who were found murdered inside their home at Riverside, California, more than 20 years ago. And despite the efforts of local authorities, the person responsible for their deaths has yet to be brought to justice. On February 25, 1999, a relative conducted a welfare check on Ralph, 29, and his 27-year-old wife, Shivani, when they hadn't heard from the couple, according to officials at the Riverside Police Department. When the family member went to their home, which was located in the 1200 block of Massachusetts Avenue, they found Ralph and Shivani dead inside. An autopsy revealed that the couple, who had been married for eight months, died from gunshot wounds. There are a few details available in the case, but it has been reported that investigators believe that someone may have witnessed the shooting. They also stated that it is possible the killer told someone about the murders. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murders of Ralph and Shivani Mitchell is encouraged to contact the Riverside Police Department's Homicide Cold Case Unit at homicidecoldcase at riverside.com. Martin Martinez, murder of a 14-year-old boy who was found on his former neighbor's front porch, remains unsolved. Martin Martinez was 14 years old when he was murdered more than 40 years ago while at a neighbor's house in Denver, Colorado. And despite the efforts of local authorities, the person responsible for his death has yet to be brought to justice. On July 21, 1976, Martin went to Elich Gardens. He left the amusement park at around 11.30 p.m. and began walking home. 
It was during that time that he stopped at a former neighbor's house located in the 3500 block of Clay Street where they were having a party. According to Nine News, investigators believe that Martin was standing on the front porch confabulating with a 14-year-old boy and two girls when a group of people who had been kicked out of the party ran past the house and opened fire. One of the bullets struck Martin in the head, but officials do not believe he was the intended target. The Greeley Daily Tribune reported that Martin was pronounced dead at a local hospital. No one else was injured. Martin was described by his mother as a, quote, very funny, engaging, and very well-liked young man who enjoyed spending time at his home and going fishing with his grandfather, end quote. In 2008, a cold case detective with the Denver Police Department stated that, quote, the original investigators found that a lot of the witnesses were not cooperative. We're hoping that they are cooperative today. Time in a cold case investigation is a friend to a homicide investigation because relationships change and suspects have new allies or their old allies are no longer protecting them, end quote. Although four decades have passed, the victim's mother stated that she still wants to catch the person who murdered her son. She said, quote, It gives me hope to find out who did this to me and my family, because life has been so hard without him and it doesn't get easier. It is not true that time heals because it's never healed my heart. It's just as broken then as it is today, end quote. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Martin Martinez is encouraged to contact the Denver Police Department at 720-913-2000 or call the Crime Stoppers tip line at 720-913-STOP. A reward of up to $2,000 may be offered for information that leads to an arrest. Grace Harmon, murder of a 52-year-old woman whose body was found inside her home, remains unsolved. Grace Harmon was 52 years old when she was murdered. Her body was found in her home in Newcastle, Delaware, more than four decades later, and the person responsible for her death has yet to be brought to justice. In the early morning hours of October 3, 1979, Officers with the Newcastle County Police Department were dispatched to a home in the 100 block of Don Haven Drive, which was located in the Garfield Park neighborhood, the Newcastle County Police reported. When officers arrived, they found Harmon inside the home. She was pronounced dead on the scene. An autopsy revealed that Harmon had died from blunt force trauma. There are a few details available in her case. According to her obituary, Harmon was married and she had two biological children and two stepchildren. She also had seven grandchildren. Her funeral service was held at noon on October 9, 1979 at the Grace Lawn Memorial Chapel on DuPont Highway in Newcastle. Harmon was buried at Grace Lawn Memorial Park. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Grace Harmon is encouraged to contact the Newcastle County Police's Cold Case Homicide Squad at 302-395-2781 or 302-395-8216.
Tipsters can also contact Crime Stoppers at 800-TIP-3333. Kathy Lynn Glotty. Murder of a 13-year-old girl whose body was found in a wooded area remains unsolved. Kathy Lynn Glotty was 13 years old when she was murdered. Her body was found in a wooded area near downtown Franklin, New Hampshire, more than 45 years ago, and the person responsible for her death has yet to be brought to justice. On the evening of November 21, 1971, Kathy and her dog, Tasha, left home and went to a local store to purchase ice cream. When the German Shepherd returned hours later without the teen, relatives became concerned. They began calling friends and neighbors, presumably asking about her whereabouts, ABC News reported. When relatives contacted the police to report Kathy missing, they were told that they would have to wait 24 hours. That's when they began searching for her on their own throughout the night. At around 1 p.m. the following day, on November 22, 1971, Kathy Langlotti was found dead in a wooded area off Chance Pond Road, about a mile and a half away from her home. A hunter trudging through the wooded area had spotted an object he believed to be a deer carcass. Upon further inspection, he realized that it was a body of a female who was only wearing a pair of knee-high socks. According to the La Siona Daily Sun, Kathy had been sexually assaulted and strangled before she suffered severe injuries to her head, neck, and abdominal area. Kathy was also run over by a vehicle four times. Quote, To think that she was left there, you know, in the cold of a dark winter's night and with no clothes on, and what had happened to her just came crashing down. It was really hard. My mom was sobbing. My dad was crying. I just stood in the doorway and I said, What's wrong? And they just blurted out. They found Kathy and she's dead. She's been murdered. That's not what you expect in a little town like this. End quote. Said the victim's sister. In March 2016, a man spoke with an officer at the Dixie County Police Department in Florida and said, quote, I think I need to be arrested because I killed somebody. End quote. He then went on to provide details of Kathy's murder but officials stated that, quote, his jumble of recollections did not quite match the facts, end quote. Will Decker, New Hampshire's senior assistant attorney general, said that when New Hampshire detectives went to Florida to question him, quote, he then backtracked on some of the statements he made by claiming that the admissions to being involved in his murder were a result of medication, end quote. Quote, this case would have been solved if that crime happened today, given modern forensic techniques. DNA samples would have been obtained, and it would have been very quick to determine who the actual perpetrator was. Unfortunately, this was no one's fault. It's just the reality of technologies that existed almost 40 years ago." End quote. Decker added, Kathy's mother, father, and one of her siblings have since passed away but her remaining relatives are still seeking justice. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Kathy Lynn Glotty is encouraged to submit a tip online to the New Hampshire Department of Justice.
Teresa Markow and Mark Harnish. Murders of a young couple whose bodies were found at a rest stop remained unsolved. Teresa Markow and Mark Harnish were murdered more than 40 years ago at a rest area in West Springfield, Massachusetts, and the person responsible for their deaths has yet to be brought to justice. At around 9.30 a.m. on November 19, 1978, an officer was patrolling a rest area on Route 5 along the Connecticut River when he discovered the bullet-riddled bodies of Markow, 18, and Harnish, 20. They were located behind a 15-foot concrete retaining wall, according to the North Adams transcript. Harnish's vehicle, which was a dilapidated pickup truck, was found nearby with the driver's side window blown out by a shotgun. An autopsy revealed that Markow and Harnish, a couple from East Longmeadow, had died from multiple gunshot wounds. The Hampton County Medical Examiner determined that the shooting occurred sometime between 1 a.m. and 9 a.m. that morning. They were believed to have been shot with a large calibered handgun. Markow and Harnish were fully clothed when they were found, and there was no sign of sexual assault. It was reported that Mark Howe and Harnish were high school dropouts and living out of their truck at the time of the murders, but they both had jobs. Harnish worked as a mechanic while Mark Howe was employed at a hardware store. Following a police investigation, it was revealed that as the couple was sleeping, multiple shots were fired through the driver's side window. At the time of the shooting, Harnish was sitting in the driver's seat and Mark Howe was presumably in the passenger seat. Markow and Harnish were then dragged out of the truck and their bodies were discarded behind a retaining wall, according to the Berkshire Eagle. Investigators are unclear about the motive for the slayings, but it has been reported that it was unlikely to be a robbery. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murders of Teresa Markow and Mark Harnish is encouraged to contact the State Police Detective Unit at 413 505 5941. Mindy West, murder of a 31-year-old woman whose body was found tied to a tree, remains unsolved. Mindy West was 31 years old when she was murdered. Her body was found tied to a tree in a wooded area in Manchester, New Hampshire. More than 20 years have passed, and the person responsible for her death has yet to be brought to justice. After graduating from Londonderry High School with exceptional grades, West of Londonderry matriculated at the University of New Hampshire. She dropped out of college during her freshman year when she became heavily involved with drugs, WMUR reported. For well over 10 years, West struggled with her addiction, but in 1996, it took a turn for the worse when her mother died of cancer. She was unable to hold a steady job and she had, quote, two prostitution convictions, end quote, court records showed. She tried to get sober to get custody of her then two-year-old daughter, but her father said the, quote, state pushed over the edge when it took her to court, end quote and they wanted her to pay child support, according to the Boston Globe. West told her father that it was, quote, overwhelming, it's too much, everything they expect of me, end quote. 
In spite of what she was going through, it was reported that West would contact her father every week. When those calls stopped, her family had an inkling that something was wrong. On July 30, 1998, West was reported missing. She was supposedly last seen in the area of Concord Street with her boyfriend, but police officials stated that the witnesses who provided the information were involved in drugs, and they, therefore, weren't credible. Nearly three months later, on October 4, 1998, Mindy West was found dead in a wooded area near a residential neighborhood, just off Hughes Road. She had been tied to a, quote, tree with a rope around her neck, end quote, police said. An autopsy indicated that West's cause of death was strangulation. In 2005, Manchester Police Detective John Patty told WMUR that, quote, the key to this whole case is that location where she was discovered. It doesn't make any sense for her to be there, end quote. Investigators have received thousands of tips and have interviewed hundreds of people throughout the years, but they have yet to get a break in the case. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Mindy West is encouraged to submit a tip online to the New Hampshire Department of Justice. Michelle Angelie, body of a 41-year-old woman whose body was found on the side of the highway, remains unsolved. Michelle Angelie was 41 years old when she was murdered. Her body was found on the side of a highway in Brighton, Wisconsin, more than 15 years ago, and the person responsible for her murder has yet to be brought to justice. After graduating from Mary D. Bradford High School in 1980, Angelie attended the Milwaukee School of Cosmetology. She subsequently began working as a model for Merrill Norman Cosmetics Company, as well as a waitress for several years at various restaurants in Kenosha County, according to the Kenosha News. Angelie then became involved with drugs. It is believed that sometime after being diagnosed with bipolar disorder and schizophrenia, she moved into an upper unit at the Transitional Living Center, an assisted living apartment building located in the 5500 block of 19th Avenue. Staff members stated that she would often check in with the community support program, but after August 22, 2003, those check-ins stopped. On August 27, 2003, the staff contacted the Kenosha County Sheriff's Department and reported Michelle Angelie missing. Investigators stated that Angelie was last seen on August 25, 2003, leaving a local tavern, Johnny Midnight's, with a Hispanic male. Witnesses told investigators that the male appeared to be in his 40s, and he was described as, quote, clean-cut with a medium build, and he was wearing a large gold ring, end quote. Sheriff's Captain Gary D. Preston stated that, Quote, a partygoer saw him with her, so naturally we're curious as to who he is and what might he know, end quote. Investigators said he was not a suspect in the case. On the morning of September 8, 2003, Michelle Angeli was found dead in the grass along Highway 75. A county worker was mowing an embankment when he spotted the nude body, which was partially decomposed, of a female about 20 feet from the roadway, 
the Journal Times reported. The body was identified through fingerprints as Angelese. Her cause of death has not been revealed, but police officials are investigating her case as a homicide. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Michelle Angeli is encouraged to contact the Kenosha County Sheriff's Department Detective Bureau at 262-605-5102 or call Crime Stoppers at 262-656-7333. Eugene Bell, murder of a 41-year-old man whose body was found on the side of the roadway, remains unsolved. Eugene Bell, who went by the name Yellow, was 41 years old when he was murdered. His body was found on the side of the roadway in West Dade's Horse Country, Florida, more than 30 years ago, and the person responsible for his death has yet to be brought to justice. At approximately 4.30 p.m. on April 24, 1988, Asano's speaker box was discovered alongside a road at Southwest 51st Street and 122nd Avenue with Bell's body inside. Just before his body was found, the Miami-Dade Police Department reported that a witness saw a Latin male between the ages of 30 and 40 years old driving, quote, a black pickup truck, possibly a Chevrolet 1987, with dual wheels, an open bed, and a king cab, end quote, near the area. An autopsy revealed that Bill had been murdered, as his cause of death was listed as strangulation, but he was not strangled with his killer's hands. Quote, we don't know what was used, end quote, said Metro Homicide Detective Kevin Conley. He also stated that Bell, quote, had bruises on his neck, end quote. According to a 1988 report from the Miami Herald, Bell of Crete, Illinois, was a used car salesman, and he owned Kane's Auto Sales in Calumet City near Chicago. Up until the time of his death, Bell was apparently being investigated for narcotics trafficking. When detectives spoke with his wife, which was through her attorney, she stated that Bell was supposed to be in Fort Lauderdale at the time his body was found. It was reported that investigators had no idea what Bell was doing in Miami. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Eugene Bell is encouraged to contact Crime Stoppers at 305-471-8477 or send an email to the Homicide Bureau at hominfo at mdpd.com. Collinsville Jane Doe, 1990. Murder of an unidentified woman found in a field remains unsolved. Collinsville Jane Doe is an unidentified woman who was found dead in a field in Madison County, Illinois. And despite the efforts of local authorities, her murder remains unsolved. It was around 1.25 p.m. on July 20, 1990, when a maintenance crew discovered the decomposing body of a female in a soybean field, about 40 feet north of Lebanon Road, near Troy and O'Fallon Road in Jarvis Township, Collinsville, according to Illinois State Police. The woman was nude, but she was wearing white sandals with straps. 
She also wore a metal ring on her right ring finger. It had a heart-shaped blue turquoise stone in the middle of it, Namus reported. Investigators said it appeared she had been placed at that location two to three days before she was found. An autopsy revealed that she was a victim of a homicide, as she died from stab wounds and cuts to her neck and torso. It was also uncovered during the autopsy that her, quote, fallopian tubes, uterus, and ovaries were missing, end quote, police said. However, the medical examiner could not determine if her organs had been surgically removed. The victim could not be identified, and she, therefore, became known as Collinsville Jane Doe. She was interred at the St. Jerome Catholic Cemetery on Troy O'Fallon Road with the words, quote, Jane Doe, end quote, engraved on her tombstone, according to the Times Tribune News. Collinsville Jane Doe is believed to be a Caucasian female with red or auburn hair, which she was wearing in a ponytail at the time her body was found. Her eye color is unknown due to the body's state of decomposition. She is between the ages of 25 and 40, and she weighed between 120 and 130 pounds, and stood between 5 foot 4 and 5 foot 6 inches tall. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Collinsville Jane Doe is encouraged to contact the Madison County Sheriff's Department at 618-692-0871 or call Crime Stoppers at 1-866-371-TIPS. Myrtle Jackson, murder of a 27-year-old woman who was found inside her vehicle, remains unsolved. Myrtle Jackson, who also went by the names Myrtle Grant and Mrs. Kenneth Grant, was 27 years old when she was murdered. Her body was found inside her vehicle more than 40 years ago, and the person responsible for her death has yet to be brought to justice. On the morning of July 16, 1977, Jackson left her home, located on the 100 block of Overbrook Road in her Volkswagen. As she was driving on Spruce Street, an unknown person shot her in the head, according to the Greenville News. Jackson was found that same morning near 15 Spruce Street, slumped over in her driver's seat of her vehicle with the engine still running. Emergency first responders presumably arrived on the scene, and subsequently transported her to Greenville General Hospital, where she was listed in critical condition. Jackson was pronounced dead sometime after her arrival. A police report indicated that Jackson believed she was being followed before she was shot and killed. Police officials stated that a witness saw a vehicle speeding from the crime scene, but no other information was provided. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Myrtle Jackson is encouraged to contact the Greenville Police Department at 864-271-5333. Ricky Lane Allen murder of a 36-year-old man whose body was found inside his home remains unsolved. Ricky Lane Allen was 36 years old when he was murdered. 
His body was found inside his home in El Paso County, Colorado, more than 25 years ago, and the person responsible for his death has yet to be brought to justice. At around 11.15 p.m. on March 18, 1991, one of Allen's friends went to his home in Colorado Springs and found him unresponsive on the floor with a gunshot wound to the head. A gun was also found in his hand. When emergency first responders arrived on the scene, they pronounced Allen dead, the Daily Centennial reported. Crime scene analysts and detectives determined that the killer staged the crime scene and made it look like Allen committed suicide when, in fact, he was murdered. The motive for the killing is unknown. According to the Colorado Springs Police Department, after investigators analyzed evidence collected from Allen's residence and interviewed his family and friends, they stated that they believe, quote, he was heavily involved in drugs, end quote. An investigation into Allen's death is still ongoing. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Ricky Lane Allen is encouraged to contact the Colorado Springs Police Department at 719-444-7000. Janice Beetleman, murder of a woman and her 18-month-old son, Brandon, whose bodies were found in a creek, remains unsolved. Janice Beetleman and her 18-month-old son, Brandon, were murdered more than 35 years ago. Their bodies were found in a creek in Franklin County, Ohio, and the person or persons responsible for their deaths have yet to be brought to justice. On September 13, 1981, Janice was at a relative's house near Myrtle Avenue and Marcia Drive when she called her husband and told him that she was going to stop by a grocery store before heading home. She then loaded her son into her vehicle, a 1974 Chevrolet Vega, and drove off. That was the last time anyone saw them both alive. At around 1.20 p.m. the following day, on September 14, 1981, Janice and Brandon Beetleman were found dead in Aloon Creek. The news messenger reported that a resident alerted police after finding Janice, quote, lying on her back in about one foot of water, end quote. Brandon was found floating about 50 yards away, beneath the Agler Road Bridge, west of Sunbury Road. Columbus Police Detective Dana Farbacher said, quote, Her car was beneath the bridge. There's a service road that leads to the creek, and the suspect found that and drove down. End quote. An autopsy revealed that Janice had been severely beaten with an unknown object before she was strangled to death, and her son was suffocated with a pillow. Before their bodies were discarded in Illum Creek, Police officials stated that the killer initially assaulted Janice on Putter Avenue as they uncovered some of her belongings in that area, including her jewelry, according to 10TV. Nearby residents told police that around the time Janice was attacked, they heard a woman screaming. One resident said, quote, All she said was, it was such a wicked scream, like she was really being hurt, real wicked. There was a little kid involved, and that was the main thing that concerned me because the little kid didn't have a chance at life, end quote. 
Quote, that really takes a different, very type of cruel person to do something like that, end quote, Farbacher said. It was reported in 2009 that detectives were in the process of re-interviewing witnesses and relatives, and they had also resubmitted evidence. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Janice and Brandon Beetleman is encouraged to contact Central Ohio Crime Stoppers at 614-461-TIPS. Crime Stoppers is offering a $5,000 reward for more information on the case. Douglas Cleves, murder of a 25-year-old man whose body was found in his home, remains unsolved. Douglas Cleves was 25 years old when he was murdered. His body was found inside his home in Anchorage, Alaska, more than 35 years ago, and the person responsible for his death has yet to be brought to justice. On the night of October 19, 1985, Cleves and his sister, along with two female friends, had dinner. King Crab Legs, at his home in the 8900 block of Forest Village Drive. Afterward, they decided to watch television in the living room area. As they were lying on the floor, they became startled when they heard two loud knocks at the door at around 12.22 a.m. When Cleve's sister opened the front door, there was a person between 5 feet 6 and 5 foot 8 inches tall standing at the door wearing a mask and a trench coat. They were also armed with a rifle, according to the Anchorage Daily News. Cleves' sister tried to slam the door, but the perpetrator managed to enter the home and aim the gun at Cleves before opening fire, but they missed. That's when Cleves, who was a single father and a double amputee, got on his knees, raised his hands, and pleaded with the shooter. Quote, Hey, don't shoot. I don't understand what's going on. Don't shoot. We can work this out. End quote, he reportedly said. The gunman opened fire again, and this time the bullet struck Cleves in the head, causing one of his eyes to come out of its socket. Three more bullets were fired into Douglas before the shooter fled the scene. The three women in the home immediately went to the back bedroom and called 911. Officers with the Anchorage Police Department were dispatched to the home, where they found Cleves deceased. Relatives stated that before Cleves was murdered, he was just starting to get his life back together after a freak accident at his construction job in Eagle River. It caused him to lose both of his legs, the daily Sitka Centennial reported. In July 1985, Cleves and a co-worker were unloading steel girders from a truck when the crane lifting the girders struck an electrical transmission line. The impact caused 115,000 volts of electricity to pass through his body. He suffered severe burns and both legs had to be amputated below the knee. Cleves had only been discharged from the hospital for several weeks before he was murdered in his home. Witnesses told police that they were unsure if the shooter was a man or a woman and they could not provide a description of the suspected shooter. Throughout the years, investigators have worked diligently to find Cleves' killer, but ultimately his case has yet to be solved. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Douglas Cleves is encouraged to contact the Anchorage Police Department at 614-461-TIPS. 
907-786-8900. To remain anonymous, call Crime Stoppers at 907-561-STOP. Michael Ryan Snab, murder of a 19-year-old college student whose body was found at his off-campus apartment remains unsolved. Michael Ryan Snap was 19 years old when he was murdered. His body was found at his off-campus apartment in Virginia Beach, Virginia, more than 15 years ago, and the person responsible for his murder has yet to be brought to justice. On the night of September 24, 2003, Snap a student and baseball player at Virginia Wesleyan College and two of his teammates were hanging out at a neighborhood bar called Hoopla's. At 1.30 a.m., the sophomore purportedly left the bar alone and walked back to his residence, located at the North Beach apartment complex in the 4600 block of Down East Court, as stated by the Daily Press. His mother stated that, quote, he never talked about crime in the complex, I felt comfortable about his safety, too, because Michael has aunts, uncles, grandparents, and cousins who lived within a half-mile radius of his apartment, end quote. At around 2.30 a.m. the following morning, on September 25th, emergency responders found Snap dead in the doorway of his home. His body was transported to the state medical examiner's office, where it was confirmed that Snap who was originally from Newport News, died from a gunshot wound beneath his shoulder. Snap's death left his family, friends, and teammates devastated, according to a report. The college sports information director told the newsleader in 2003 that Snap was, quote, laid back and quiet. This has stunned everyone. He is not the type of kid you think this would happen to, end quote. A former roommate and teammate stated that Snap, quote, was non-confrontational, end quote. His friends claimed that he didn't have any known enemies. Police learned through an investigation that the perpetrator did not force their way into Snap's second-floor apartment. They believed that as Snap was cooking a meal, he heard a knock at the door. When he opened it, shots were fired. Evidence at the scene suggested that Snap attempted to close the door during the shooting, but one of the bullets pierced through a sliding glass door nearby before it struck him. The motive for the killing is unknown. Anyone with information regarding the unsolved murder of Michael Ryan Snap is encouraged to call the crime line at 1-888-562-5887. And that, dear listeners, brings an end to these Unsolved Mysteries, Volume 8, Cases. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you kindly. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, please take care of yourselves. I'll read to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night.
Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.